Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Welcome to this episode of Growth Island. My name is Mass Fries and I am your host as always. Today I'm being joined by Nikki Trott. Nikki Trott, she is the founder of the Conscious Accelerator where she helps entrepreneurs really reach their goals. She's also been featured in Thrive Global as top thriving female entrepreneurs to watch in 2021. And today we're going to talk more about how she got to where she is today. What are some things you can do to live your best life? So let's jump into it. So Nikki, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Nikki, tell me a little bit more about yourself and the journey and some of the work you're doing. Well, where to start? (laughs) I spent more than 10 years in the fashion industry, consulting lots of big brands. I'm from London and I was living and working across London and New York. And I had such a fabulous time. I learned so much. I made friends for life. I traveled. It was brilliant. But at the same time, in my very late 20s, I started to be on my personal journey and really connecting more and more with my true values. I, throughout my career, had certain feelings that, what am I doing? What is the meaning of this? Why am I doing this every day? How does it help the the planet? Or what harm is it causing? But then I would always get easily dragged back into just the hamster wheel of busyness and excitement. But in my late 20s, then I started to really connect much more deeply with my personal values. I became fully vegan, started meditating, started to read spiritual books. It all started with The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which I'm sure you and many of your listeners have read as well. And going from there and just realizing that actually it was only up to me to align my work with my values. I could carry on or I could take a different path. And it was really my choice. And I think when we're in something and we're so busy, sometimes we forget that it's just down to us. Every day we make a choice to show up in our work or in our relationship or in anything that we do. And by making that choice, we're making a choice not to do other things. So that started my journey and I trained as a transformation coach. I left the successful fashion consulting business I had built and I started working with ethical entrepreneurs or conscious entrepreneurs who want to make a positive impact on the world. And I realized that a lot of them, like myself at the beginning of my journey, think you need to choose between profit or purpose. I think that's kind of the message we've been sold. You can do something purposeful that's fulfilling for you, but you'll be poor. Or you can do something that you hate, but you'll be rich. And that's just not true. And I think the future of business success more than ever now is about purpose, right? About making positive impact in whatever way that is for you. So that's what I help people to do, to really find their their power inside them, find their alignment with what their purpose is, and then bring that to the world in the most strategic and effective way. Fantastic. I think a lot of the listeners are probably still sitting in the space where they're like making a ton of money now, or some of them at least, and wishing something else. What was the harder thing for you to make that change to be like, okay, I'm going to leave a successful job to, to pursue my purpose? 
It's a really good question. And honestly, I think the answer is worrying about what other people thought. And for anyone who knows me, they would know me as somebody who really doesn't care what people think, actually. So even for me, that was actually something that came up very strongly. I had this network of hundreds or thousands of contacts in the fashion industry globally and amazing people I'd worked with and many of them who I respect very much. And to go out into the world and say, I'm now doing this totally different thing was really scary because I felt that people would judge me and think I'd gone crazy. My own dad asked me, are you becoming a hippie? (laughs) (laughs) When I told him I'm leaving my fashion consulting business and this is what I'm doing. And we feel, I think also, I noticed some people being triggered by the changes I was talking about in myself because they were things they might be thinking about, but maybe not ready to face in their own lives. And so often we're triggered by the experiences of others. And of course, it's never, that's just my journey. I'm not saying anyone else needs to do the same thing, but somehow if there's a feeling of unrest already there, it can be quite triggering. But what I found when I moved through that and did make the change, because I knew I had no other choice, was no one really cares. Everyone's got far too much to think about with their own lives. And most people are really supportive. And if someone isn't, I didn't get any negative feedback from anyone. I don't know what would really motivate someone to actually send me a message. But if someone saw it and thought something negative, that's okay. They don't need to come on that journey with me. It's okay for us to part ways at that point. So that was a a real journey for me to overcome that and realize that we can all hold ourselves back worrying about what people think, but probably they're not even thinking. (laughs) Most people are really busy with their own problems. Exactly. Yeah. Estimate our importance. Same thing if you do a post or something else, you might have a big reach, but like how many people are actually going to see it and how many people are actually going to remember it, right? Was there any kind of trigger event or any kind of book that you read or something else? Or was it kind of just like a process that evolved over time where you're like, now is the time that I either saved off enough money or what was that process that made you like, now I'm, now I'm making the switch? I, I don't know much about astrology and I don't know if you've heard about the Saturn return, but this is something that so many people have told me about in hindsight since. So when you're 28 or 29, from my understanding, all the planets are in the same place that they were when you were born. And this can signal like a rebirth, a second phase and, and a lot of change. Don't quote me exactly on, on this because I, like I said, I'm no expert in astrology, but I changed everything at the same time. So many people since have said, Oh, you went through your Saturn return. I broke up with a five year relationship with a lovely man I was living with, but I just knew I needed to grow further. I left my job. I left London and moved to Berlin. I started my first company myself. I became fully vegan, cut my long hair short, all of this within a few months. It's funny. I, I don't know how much it was related to the Brexit vote, which sounds maybe really weird, but the Brexit vote happened. And I thought, okay, this is my last straw. I don't want to stay in London. This is not aligned with my beliefs. I can choose to make my own path. I don't need to stay in this. I felt quite suffocated. So Brexit was kind of something that pushed me. But also I think becoming vegan, I hadn't eaten meat for many years already, but becoming vegan also really helped me because it showed me that I can make my own decisions. I can align with what feels right for me personally and transform my life. 
I felt so different. I had a new layer of energy. I, I just felt so healthy and so open and free from the subconscious guilt that I had felt before. So I think that that showed me, and it was kind of like one example of a success story of making a change and seeing so many benefits beyond what I had anticipated that then I realized, well, I can do that in other areas of my life as well. Got it. It's interesting, the transformation, like what makes someone finally make a decision, right? Because I think a lot of people are kind of building up to that moment. And I'm sure some of the listeners are sitting and thinking like, I want to make a change. I have a few people reaching out to me every single week as well, asking about a change because I work with startup and I work with health and impact and so on. Yeah. There's always someone curious about, hey, they want to make that shift. And, mm -hmm. and for some it's the safety, for some it's the worry. For some it's one post, they see some book, a life event, sometimes like something happening where you're like, shit, I don't have that many years left potentially. It's time to yeah. realign my life. So when you work with entrepreneurs, what are some of the main questions that you ask them? The main questions that I ask them? Well, I think that one of the most important things is to really understand why you want to do what you're doing and what your intention really truly is and to dig deeper and deeper and keep asking why, because sometimes we can get caught up in doing and then distracted by what other people are doing and what we think we should do and what we think best practice says. And sometimes I think we can lose our foot and our grasp on our own vision and our own passion and what's really driving us. So I think as entrepreneurs, we can feel a little bit lost sometimes. It's really important to just keep grounding ourselves back in that. So that's, that's a place that I like to start. But also then to really help people to find what their blockers are and what's standing in their way. Because I think also being caught up in the doing and being busy, it can be easy to lose a sense of the fact that the thing that's holding us all back the most is ourselves mm. and the beliefs that we have, the things we tell ourselves about our abilities or about what's a realistic goal or about what we can achieve. And so to help people to really break through that and, and ignite their internal power is also really, really important. And that's something that's key to the process that I work through with all the entrepreneurs to a greater or lesser extent, yeah. depending on their needs at that time. But I like to start there in the deep and personal before moving into the business strategies. And historically, those things have been kept completely separate. There's been no place to talk about the internal personal mindset piece when we're looking at how to grow our business. I think that's absurd. We're the people who are creating an internal environment and reflecting it out on the world. So let's start with what goes on inside. I feel like we're really also connected. I've been like uh, mentoring and teaching a ton of entrepreneurs, like several hundred. And I often find like the main challenge might be the internal state, figuring out like where do they really want to go? Why do they want to go there? And many of them are building a prison for themselves. They're building a business where if they succeed, they're like, fuck, I don't want to. I don't want to have that role or be in that, but I don't really stop up to think about it. What about, mm -hmm. do you only work with people that kind of know where they want to go? Or do you also have some, because when I coach people, sometimes I'm like, I ask them like, okay, so what are you passionate about? And they yeah. go blank. Yeah. And I think what you're passionate about or what your purpose is or whatever words you want to put to it, it changes and evolves as well. And there's going to be this sense, there's a lot of talk about find your purpose and 
you like it's one thing that you can grasp and then you've got it and you can stick with it for the rest of your life you'll be happy and of course that's not how it is your purpose is something that evolves or your passions they change you don't completely change but you evolve through your experiences your life phases and you have different needs and different priorities at different times and that's okay it's just about understanding them so no not everyone i work with knows where they want to go at all because I help support people through times of transformation. So whether it be having a business idea and wanting to grow it and level up and really take it to the next level, or whether it be wanting to shift an existing business to align more with values and who they are or what makes them tick, but they're not quite sure how to do that, or starting something completely new and making a change. And of course, there are clients that also start the process thinking it's for one thing and come out and and it's the other, and that's totally fine as well. What would be some typical questions or exercise that you do with someone that's, I know I want to change, I'm not sure what, I just know I want to do something else. Well, there's so many things, but actually something really, really simple that I like to start with and remind people of is let's just review your values and really to go deep and just look today at what your values are, not what you think they should be or what they were before or what someone told you theirs were, but really what, what are your values today and how has that changed since you last thought about it and what does that mean for the work that you're doing and where are the gaps? So I think values is a really nice way to start because it's so simple and really, really effective and you can just have a list of five or six words and then compare each one to your current situation. And it can be really enlightening and show you the gaps that are existing now. And then, of course, you can go from there and look at how to start to close them. Yeah. I know that I also work with, with teenagers where we work with values. And I've been to a bunch of Tony Robbins events where values is also a big part. Uh, I found there was a mm -hmm. disconnect between the academic expression of values that I had in university and then how it was being worked in this self-development. How do you work with values and what could be an example of five top values and how they material into life? Well, there's definitely a difference between personal values and the values of a company or a business as well. Of course, if you're founding a company, they need to be very well aligned, but your business doesn't necessarily have to have the exact same set of values. So I always like to start with your personal values um, and what they are. And examples, where I can tell you mine. So mine are freedom, number one, open-mindedness, growth, adventure and authenticity and so those are just things which ground me in my life which i know i need to have present to feel fulfilled and true to myself and happy whether it's a business i'm creating or a podcast i'm creating or a person that i'm choosing to align with i also hire people for my team based first on values as well they don't have to have the same as me of course but how do they sit together are we walking on a similar path? And so, yeah, there's something that can just ground all decisions that you make. And I like to think of values as like a filter. Hmm. So if you kind of put a decision or a, an opportunity or something into the top, and then you look at how does it fall with each of those values, it can just give you really obvious answers. And I think it helps us to connect more and more with that intuition as well, because often you might know something's not right, but not know why. And then when you look at it next to your values and say, well, there's no freedom at all. That's my driving value. Mm. Now I understand why I can pursue it. Yeah. I think it's extremely helpful in this world with too many opportunities. I think too many of us have 
simply too many opportunities that one of our biggest challenges is actually just deciding on something and not looking at, oh, I could have done this and this as well. And at least I find that the values can be part of saying, okay, how does this fit into my values? Is this aligned or not? Yeah. And then kind of be like, okay, this is not what I should do. It might be super fascinating and I'm so curious, but this is not aligned with who I want to be, where I want to go. So it's kind of, it frees mental space by being able to have that filter. Exactly. And I think that's such an important point that it's so important that we're really conscious of what we're saying no to. And what we're doing by saying no is creating the space for the things we say yes to in this world of so many opportunities and connections. And it's just constant otherwise and needing to focus. And that can be quite difficult. I'm still personally really working on saying no to things that I want to do. I find it really hard. I want to say yes to all of them. The ones that feel right, that are aligned with my values, that I'm excited by. I would have ended up with five businesses this year if I'd said yes to all of them. It was really hard to make some decisions. But in the end, we know that we'll just sabotage everything if we don't focus. What are some other tools that or questions that uh, you use when you work with entrepreneurs? There's so many. So we've talked about values, we've talked about really aligning within yourself. I think also then I like to help people to get a really clear sense of what their purpose or mission is with their business and then to create a, a business canvas. So I use a conscious business canvas that I've created, which looks at all the different areas of the business and what it needs to create and generate and what the tools and resources are, but also what the impact is that it needs to have and how that can be aligned very much with the bottom line, with the growth, so that everything is working towards each other. And just having a one pager, which is a really good summary, because whether it's a new business or whether it's a business that's been kind of a side project for some years that now you want to make your full-time thing, or whether it's something that's actually an established business that needs to go to another level. I think that I really believe in taking this step back and looking at the whole as one again, and then moving forward can be so refreshing for entrepreneurs and make things feel a bit lighter. Because I think we've all had that feeling of kind of drowning in the detail when there's, when you've got also legacy and things which you can't change easily and, and it can get so heavy. So I like to really bring that lightness back as well, wherever you are in the journey. Makes a lot of sense. How about time management and how do you structure your day? What are some of the routines and habits that you have to stay present and stay conscious and uh, and be at your best? Oh, time management. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? And honestly, I would like to tell you that I have a established morning routine that's the same every day that takes two hours and I tick everything I want to do, it wouldn't be true. I have more and more things that I want to do each day to set my day up right. But also what I've started to do is to prioritize sleep because ever since I read that book, Why We Sleep, I came to really understand that sleep is more important to us than even diet and exercise and that to our health. And I used to kind of pride myself on, oh, I only need four hours sleep, no problem. I can burn the candle at both ends and no problem. I didn't realize that actually that's very detrimental to our long-term health. So I don't wake up at a time that doesn't feel natural to me. I try to live without an alarm clock. That means just going to bed early enough, basically. 
so that I can naturally wake up around seven, having had eight hours of sleep. So around 11? Yeah, exactly. So 10, 10, go to bed with a book and drift off at 11 and, and sleep for eight hours, naturally wake up. That's how I like to start my day without an alarm. That's made a big difference to me, actually, because I always have an emergency alarm <laughs> that's set later, but I don't really ever need it just for peace of mind that I would sleep through my meetings. But I like to just wake up naturally. I think that that actually starts the day in a totally different way. And then I do a short meditation and then prepare myself for the day. And I also do a really short gratitude and journaling in the morning where I'm just writing things I'm grateful for, things I'm grateful for myself for as well, which I think is often left out when we talk about gratitude. And then anything I'm focusing on reprogramming my mind. So now at eight months pregnant, I'm focusing on my uh, releasing fears of birth. So then I'll write positive intentions that relate to birth and my ability to birth a baby without any problem or pain. And that's, so that's my topic right now. So at different times, I have different topics that I then focus on. And then I like to block my days based on subjects. So working, I'm on a couple of boards and I have a, a few different businesses that I'm involved with and podcast and conscious accelerator. So I like to then try to block my days. So some days I have lots of calls and podcast recordings and, and there's lots of activity with other people. And then other days I'll have deep work time to work on one business and then another business. Otherwise I find I'm losing a lot of energy by shifting gears and moving my brain between each one. And I like to just have the luxury of going deep. And I try to have no meetings on Fridays so that I can really work on what's coming up for me on a Friday. So that's a bit about how I manage my time. And I sometimes I'm definitely working right up till bedtime because I'm just in something that I love and I love what I do. But I really try to have some good habits where I get outside and move my body and make a break between work and the end of the day because I think it's much better for us sleep. It is. We know that for sure. Yeah. But, uh, cool. Well, what kind of meditation do you do? It depends. So I've done Vipassana meditation. So for Vipassana, you have to do a course where you go and spend 10 days in silence and you meditate you 10 hours a day. Yes, yes. How was so you, Oh, just incredible. I did it January last year, January 2020 in New Zealand in a beautiful place. And so you go and men and women are split on different sides. My husband was in the, the male side. He had done it before in Hong Kong, but I'd never done the a Vipassana retreat before. So there I was on the female side and you have a tiny little room at this place where I did it. Each person got their own very small room with a little bed. And then every day at 4am you're woken and you start the day and there's no communication with anybody else. So you keep your eyes down and you just really go into yourself. And before I went, I had meditated. I was preparing it, but I'd never meditated for more than an hour. I was meditating twice a day or once a day, but never for more than an hour. So going into 10 hours a day was pretty incredible, but just amazing, amazing. I had experiences that I just couldn't believe. I started to really feel that I was dissolving into connecting with 
everything around me and the, the nature there was so stunning and just walking through the trees slowly in a break and feeling that like vibrations coming off the trees and going through my body and I had various realizations and clarity and I'd had uh, pneumonia a couple of months before and I could feel in my body in my lung where it was where it was still healing and all of these different experiences that happened but really I mean what a luxury to be able to give yourself 10 days just for yourself and it was hard at times but nowhere near as hard as I expected it to be because people had told me it's really really hard and being silent for 10 days but yeah I really found so much long-lasting value from it it was incredible I think it's hard to put words to it now so I hope that conveyed some of the benefits but I think as with anything it's something you just have to experience if you are interested I heard yeah. a lot of really good things about it mm. I heard that many people end up hallucinating when like later during the week when suddenly just the brain has been getting enough rest and so on and suddenly you like you start seeing weird things and so on so I'm extremely curious to try it. I heard that it's a good thing to practice as well as sitting still for that long. That that can be really painful if you're pretty stiff, which I am. So that, yeah, that's a good practice. Yeah, for. yeah, yeah, definitely. But they also don't want you to be completely in pain the whole time because that defies the point of it. Hmm. But if you are everyone's going to suffer some discomfort and physically and then you need to be able to move past it. that that helps you with the practice but if you're just in agony I mean it doesn't make sense so I find it hard to sit for a long time cross-legged because one of my legs goes completely numb and so I had a small kneeling stool which was totally fine I just asked them at the beginning just said I, I tried it and I can't There's no problem you, you can have a kneeling stool there was a pregnant lady there and she was sitting in a chair at the back. My husband, actually, he does a lot of sport and had like tightness in his legs and he, he couldn't sit for a long time cross-legged. He was sitting in a chair after trying for a day. And so... So of the nicer places, I've heard places where they hit you with the, the stick if you're not sitting still. No. So uh, it has oh a lot to do. Yeah, that wasn't in New Zealand, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it sounded like that was a very different experience, but, I, mm. but a very good one. It's something that I really want to try one day. Mm. I've only heard good things about it from the people that actually finished it. I know yeah. people that like after a few days, they're like, this is too much. I can't be in it. And then they left. But uh, mm. everyone that finished it has been like, it's a life-changing experience. And it's such a weird thing. Like, why do you think it's so hard to make the decision to take 10 days out and actually try it? It's a good question. I think, I don't know. I, I really don't want to kind of guess what pe what other people are thinking, but I feel that we are in such an overstimulated society and we have so much available to us. If you're taking 10 days, you want the max out of it. You know, there's a sense of let's go to two places or let's do this massive hike and then go to this crazy city and then do this and the and I think that it's just, yeah, we can sometimes just want everything and want so much stimulation. And yeah, actually to just say I'm going to be still for 10 days, I think we need to really understand why, why we're doing that. But 
also, I think that actually just by being still for 10 days, you give yourself a completely different experience. And it, people, all of us, I think, can be scared of, well, what might I find inside? And what might happen to me? And I had the same experience with plant medicine. And just one time I went to an ayahuasca ceremony and I, and, and I was sort of thinking, well, why do people find that so scary? And I was thinking about it before. What's the worst thing that could happen? And, and I thought, well, just that something inside me is so shocking or dark or scary that I didn't know was there, but I felt that that just wouldn't happen. But it can happen. But, you know, I mean, in the end, it's something which then you need to be able to work through because if there is something there, it's always better to find it. So I think that actually this reminds me of something that I've been, one of my intentions around positive birth, which I've been reading and writing, which is no surge or, you know, no, no sensation of, of labor can be too much for me because it is me. And I think it's the same. It's there's nothing within you which you can't cope with because it's you just obviously need to have the right support and have the right kind of place. And if people have mental health issues at that time, then they would need professional advice and to be sure that they're really taking care of what their limits might be. But otherwise, I'm not sure what is so scary within us. No. I think with plant medicine, it's more that we don't know what it actually does to the brain fully and whether you get a psychosis or something else, but we are getting a lot more research on it. And we're also just seeing that some of it has a lot better results than uh, those pills that we put into people that has a ton of side effects, right? I think Absolutely. that whole, I had a professor on, former professor, I think he was a professor for 10 years or so at USC, and we, uh, we spoke about ketamine and getting psychedelics, and he was like, ketamine now that we have kind of not plants, but like we really know well and has some of the same effects, we can now see this much more efficient than many drugs that we give people, many other drugs. But the challenge is that it's a generic drug now, so there's no really interest in promoting it. And I think it was Johnson & Johnson had taken some of it and changed it a bit so they could make it into a, to something that they could patent, which was like a spray. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as efficient, but it was still more efficient than some of the other stuff. But it, and they can still make their money. Yes, exactly. It's, yeah. it's very fascinating how, how the world works in that way, which makes a lot of sense from like a logical perspective. And then, of course, there's something that we, uh, we want to change about getting the stuff that's, that's work that might not be passable. But it, yeah, it takes time and money to get stuff out there. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much we can do without any drugs at all, like meditation and breath work is something else that I just absolutely love. And I've had incredibly strong psychedelic experiences from my breath. And it's been pretty what, profound. What kind of breath work have you done? Uh, with half or like fire breathing? Like what kind of? I've done alchemy of breath. So um, going to classes where you have conscious, continuous breathing. And you're breathing. And you're guided as you breathe in and out without a pause and yeah. deeply and you let your whole body move like a newborn like it was designed to not just breathing in our shallow chest as we t typically do now and you flood your body with oxygen completely flood it with oxygen and I, I've had 
the most amazing experiences and realizations and healing journeys from this. It's something that I tried just because I was open to it. And a good friend of mine left his job as a senior person in the fashion industry to train as a breath worker. And I, I didn't even know what it was. And I thought, well, I love this guy. So I'm just going to go and see it for myself. And then I can make my opinion rather than trying to read about it and read other people's opinions. And it was pretty life-changing. Breathwork is extremely fascinating. I really think it's going to be one of the areas that we're going to hear so much about the coming years. Also because you feel it instantly. Where with meditation, mm -hmm. you might need a lot of practice before you really feel it. Breathwork, you can feel instantly how it changes your life, right? How it changes your state. Absolutely. It's so true. And there's so much proven scientifically about how it has benefits on your immune system and your mental health and yeah, so many things. You sleep better and they will prove it. And it's not, it's not woo-woo. So yeah, I agree with you. It's a tool that we all have that we've mostly forgotten. Yeah. It's crazy how many basic things we've moved away from, but that we're slowly starting to rediscover and get more into our life. Yeah. Nikki, time is running fast. I think we could talk for hours. Where I you, think so. <laughs> where can people figure out more about you and some of the work that you're doing? So you can find me on my website, which is consciousaccelerator.com or on Instagram at Nikki Trott. That's my name, N-I-K-K-I-T-R-O-T-T. Or it's the same handle on Clubhouse as well, although I'm not there much anymore. But Instagram and my website are probably the best places. And you can also check out my podcast where we will be also having another discussion on. So do check out my podcast as well. It's called Going Conscious and you can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And I have a, a seven day completely free mini mastermind, which I offer to entrepreneurs who want to make a positive impact on the world to help them move through our process of internal power aligning with purpose and values. And I've actually got the values exercise uh, in detail in there. So if you're interested in rediscovering your values, that's there. And then also some business strategy stuff. And I also include the template I talked about for a conscious business uh, canvas where you can have your business on one page. So you can get that from my website. You can see you just sign up and it's free. And Great. I hope that some of you enjoy that. And I'm so grateful to have been here with you. Thank yes. you. Pleasure. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Just quickly on the accelerator that you have. Yeah. How, how does it work? How many months? And yeah. So we have a rolling enrollment and it's nine to 12 weeks, depending on the pace the entrepreneur wants to take it. And it's a, a mastermind where we have very small specific groups where we put people together who we think will benefit from being in each other's company and take them through the journey. So it's a mixture of online learning, something you can do from anywhere, but also we have live support and calls and worksheets and lots and lots of materials to really help people go on a deep personal journey as well as really ramp up their business strategies and their brand positioning and uh, how they're making impact on the world. And I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching, advisory and brand consulting. Cool. And how? how? Who are the ideal person for the accelerator? Well, it's people who really want to make a positive impact on the world and create profits. So who have a big vision and an idea and they're not willing to compromise their values or their success. And they want to make a change. So either 
bring a new idea to life or really level up what they've been doing before and they're ready to invest in growing faster. Fantastic. Well, that's definitely a recommendation to go check it out. For anyone listening, I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. Nikki, thank you so much for your time here on the show. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.